want to talk this morning about God's fingerprint. God's fingerprint. Amen? This is a powerful thing when we begin to think about why do I believe what I believe? And how many know that we can have a, a reason why we believe what we believe? We don't have to just, we know that we believe it, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But it doesn't mean we can't believe with, with evidence. And as, as time goes by, we're getting more and more technology confirming every single day that there's a God. Amen. Scientists are having to rebuttal. Scientists are having to change their talk or, or just go a different direction because there's so many things in, in the earth and in science that prove that there is a God. And just like the Bible says in that song, only a fool says in his heart, there is no God. But I want to talk this morning about the fingerprint of God, and I just want to kind of have that up there so you can look at it. Look at for a second, if you can, if you've got enough light at your fingerprint. I want everybody just to look at your finger, look at any one of your fingers, and look at that fingerprint on your finger. And I want you to remember this and just, just stare at it for a second. And You might have a cut there. You might have need of lotion. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you might have a desire to have another hand and not yours. I don't know what's, what you have, but this hand you have was made from God. And I want you to do something. Every time you get down and get discouraged, I want you, besides praying and besides looking up to God, of course, I want you to look at your fingerprint. I want you to just look at your fingerprint, and I want you to realize how wonderfully and fearfully you were made. Chris did a great lead-in with his testimony. He didn't know what I was going to preach about when he said, you're special. Amen? How many need to know sometimes that you're special? How many know in this world we live in, there's a lot of negatives and a lot of bad things. We just need to know I'm special this morning. And we need to know that God so intricately made us that nobody else, I still have a hard time believing this, but it's a fact, nobody else in this world has my fingerprint. Nobody else in this world has your fingerprint. Couldn't we stop right there and know without a doubt that there's a God? Couldn't we stop right there? I mean, think about this. This might be a great... Sometimes we, we have these tools for witnessing, and we don't use them. And I'm guilty of it, too. I'm, think, I'm sitting here thinking, man, what a great witnessing tool is your, is your fingerprint. If you just begin to think of... You say, how do I witness to somebody? How do I <clears throat> tell somebody about God? How do, I, how do I share my faith with somebody? Grab your finger, amen, not your middle one. Grab your finger and hold it up and say, look at your fingerprint, sir. Amen? Just look at it. And they'll look at it and say, have you ever thought about the fact that your fingerprint is different from anybody else on the 7 billion people on this planet? I mean, that's a good conversation starter. They see they're going to lead into something or, or it's not, but they, what are they going to say to that? What an amazing fact. Fingerprints, church, are formed before you're even born. They're formed in the womb. It's something that God places as a stamp on us when we're inside of our, ba- our mother's stomachs. And listen, as we begin to grow in the mother's stomach, the fingerprints grow with the hands. And they help us, obviously, in identification. So I want you to understand that your identity today in the Lord, and if you're taking notes, the, the title is simply, I am God's fingerprint. I want you to think about the fact that you are identified with God through your fingerprint. That when you were in your mother's stomach, amen, whether you were planned or not, 
whether you are what the world would call a mistake or not. You are not a mistake in God's eyes. It doesn't matter if you were, if you were conceived in sin, if you were conceived uh, even by uh, rape or many other things. I can tell you this morning, one of the most powerful testimonies I know of in my life, I know him personally. He really impacted my life when he was young. I've mentioned him before. Is a preacher and an evangelist that still speaks today. I think he's 45 or 50. He's got to be. He's probably 50. And his name is Reggie Dabbs. And he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that goes into the schools and gives his testimony about all the things that the Lord has done for him. And his testimony is that he is the product of a $20 bill. And we don't have any young kids in here, so y'all can figure out what that is. Amen? He, he prostitute. He was born by a prostitute. He was born off of a $20 bill. And that was his testimony. And now today he has reached millions of people. And someone might say he was an accident and he wasn't supposed to happen. But God, when he puts his fingerprint on you, amen, I want you to know this morning that regardless of where you came from and what your circumstances are, if you are saved now, Jeff, there's still kind of some kind of hiss or something. If you're saved now, you are a product, were and are now a product of God's identification. Amen. You are God's fingerprint this morning. And the thing is, is, is we begin to come into our identity, really, of who God has us to be when we find Christ. Think about that. What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? That unless you are born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And so until we are born again, not coming out of our mother's stomach again, but until we are born again in the spirit, not by the flesh, but by the spirit, until that act happens, we are not connected spiritually with that fingerprint that God placed in our lives. Don't you know that when God, don't you know that when God placed you in your mother's womb and he put a fingerprint on your finger that he already wanted you to meet him and wanted you to serve him and wanted you to live for him and wanted you to know him and he, he created you to have relationship with you but then life happens and circumstances happen and sin happens and things happen and we're raised many times with no God in our lives and there's a disconnect and God desires our entire lives as Chris was mentioning to get us not to a place where we're religious not to a place where we have a head knowledge but to a place where we understand that I was formed in my mother's womb and that fingerprint was placed on my hand so that I could understand I am God's child, amen? And I have an identity in the Lord and I am special. Luke 12, 7 says, even the very hairs on your head are numbered. He knows how many hairs, how many believe if God said that it's the truth. What I'm trying to show you this morning through this beginning here and watching that and listening to those statistics, uh, if you didn't catch it, just one of the things that's amazing is we know that this is where the Bible says is planet Earth is where life is. We know people are searching and looking and watching and trying to find somewhere else that there might be life somewhere else. And that's a whole nother story. But the Bible tells us that earth is here and life is here. And this earth was set up in our solar system to be the place where people could live. And if our hurt earth was just a little bit closer to the sun, we'd burn. And if it was just a little closer to the or further away, we'd freeze. And we know that there are major extremities on the earth. We know that there are people. Sometimes we feel like we are too, a little bit too close to the earth. Amen. If you know me, I'd like to be a little further away from it. I don't like the heat. Amen. 
Maybe you'd like to be a little closer to it, whatever it is. But if it wasn't for God's perfect plan, we wouldn't be able to be here. So I want to show you some things this morning in the scriptures. You're in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. And I want to show you some things about what the Bible says. And if you ever meet anybody that says, no one ever told me about God, I want to show you a powerful verse in verse 20 of Romans chapter 1. Say amen if you're there. For since the creation of the world... When was the creation of the world? Genesis 1.1. When God said, in the beginning, in the beginning. How many know the beginning was God? And God was in the beginning. And that's what we know, and that's what we believe. And he says, since the beginning of creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are what? Made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. That verse right there is the only verse God needs to answer to anybody that stands before him on the day of judgment unsaved. That's the only verse he needs because he says right here that my attributes alone, my creation alone, he's basically saying there's no way you can look at this world and not believe that there is a God. Amen. There's no way. I mean, it, it takes a, to me it takes a lot more faith to believe in something else than just to believe what God's word says. In the beginning, Genesis 1-1 was, God, sorry, God created the heavens and the earth. And as you go on to read those verses in chapter 1, you, you know that there's a bunch of verses where God says, and God said, and God said, and God said, let there be light. And God said, and as he spoke, as he spoke, things came into existence. Amen? And I want to show you this morning, I, I, I want to give you some stats and some things that I, I, I talked about several years ago that I felt led to talk about this morning about God's fingerprint that are really amazing. They'll really show you once again how amazing God's word is and how amazing God is. Amen? Job said in his book of Job chapter 12 verse 7, he said, Ask the animals and they will teach you. Or the birds of the air and they will tell you. Do you think the birds are actually going to speak to us? Do you think the animals are actually going to talk to us? What he's saying is look at creation. And I could go down that road for a second, but let me just throw something out. How many know even the animals know how to act? Y'all know what I'm saying? Do I got to go on? I can go forward, right? Even the animals know how to act. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Amen? The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies Proclaim the works of his hands. I want to ask you this morning, and uh, Dylan, if you could do me a favor. I have a couple papers sitting on my desk that did not get out here. Four little papers that I handwritten. Thank you. I want to ask you this morning if you ever doubt. How many ever doubt? Never? Y'all don't have your hands raised? Never doubt? Ever? Okay, how many have ever doubted? Let's go to the past. I need to give a little more there. I, I understand you're saying, no, I used to doubt. Now I don't. Amen. Good answer. How many have ever doubted? Okay. All of us. And we can stop sometimes and look around and say, God, 
you are speaking to me through this world. You're speaking to me through situations. And I want you to focus again this morning on the focus of the fingerprint of your hand and that God wants an intimate relationship with you. Amen? He doesn't want you to just know him by just reading his Bible or just coming to church. He wants you to know him personally. But sometimes we can't get that revelation if we don't look at his attributes, which is his character. Amen? Which is what he's really all about. And a lot of times, thank you, a lot of times we hear, how many saw God's Not Dead? The movie. If you have not seen that movie, you must go see that movie. It's one of the best movies ever made. It's an amazingly well done, well thought out movie about science and if God exists or doesn't exist. And again, if you have not seen it, it's on DVD. Uh, we'll show it again sometime in church soon. It's an, a, a must-see. But it really <clears throat> in, increases your faith. And you see in that movie that this man, without giving the whole thing away, this man uh, does, says he doesn't believe in God, but what he really is is angry at God. I think that even most people that would say they're an atheist or don't believe in God truly do believe because the Bible says that we'd have to be a fool not to believe. So we, what we do is we try to make an excuse or we try to cover up with something. We try to uh, add something. We try to uh, rationalize things. And what God really wants us to do is just take his word at face value. Amen? He just wants us to say, if he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and then the light came on, how many know that that's what happened? I always like to bring it down elementary. This morning, when we watched that video, I grabbed a remote control and turned the lights on and off. I, just, I could just grab that button, and I could hit off, and all these lights will go off. If I can do that here, what would be so hard about that for God to do that out there? I, I touched a button that was not connected to those lights given by technology that was given by God to man to be able to turn lights on without touching them off and on, off and on. How easy would it have been for God to say, let there be light, and there was light. Amen? That's all he had to say. Let there be light. Let there be flowers. Let there be land. Let there be water. And he began to speak it. And as he began to speak it, it came into existence. Amen? I want to tell you this morning a few things about some scientists. Just to raise your faith. How many people are still in school? Let me see your hands. Let me see people that are still in school. Still got quite a few that are either in high school, junior high, or college, or furthered education. And so how many went to school? All right, now I want to find out how many really liked school. All right. How many did not like school? Some of y'all raised your hands for both of them. How does that work? <laughs> Just depends on what day it is, right? If I'm getting good grades, I like it. If I'm not getting good grades, I don't like it. But I, I want to tell you something. I don't have a college degree. So I don't consider myself smart. But I do love to study and I do love to read and I do love to uh, look at things and search them out 
And I love to see when God confounds the things of the wise with the things of the foolish, which is the cross. But I love even more when God shows his power through science. When God confirms his word through science. I want to just give you a few stats this morning, if you pay attention, to some names that you've known. As I begin to say this, those that were in school might recognize some. Those that are in school will recognize some. But did you know that some of the greatest minds of all time, scientifically, believed in God? Some of the greatest scientific minds. Because how many have talked to people and you hear them say, you know, science, science proves God's not real. Or they'll say scientists don't believe. They might pick out a few people who don't believe. But there's a great number of scientists who said God had to have been a part of creation. God had to be. Amen. And so you know the name Galileo. Galileo believed in creation. He was in the 1500s. And he said the Bible cannot err. And he said that there's no error in the scriptures, and he's the one who discovered the solar system. In the 1500s, I'll read another name, René Descartes, and if I kill these names, that's not my bad, the father of modern philosophy, and had this famous saying, I think, therefore I am, had a deep religious faith, and said God was central to his whole philosophy. God was central to his... Now, I'm not trying to get into the doctrine this morning of whether or not they believed in Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you that they believed in God. Amen? How many remember the name Robert Boyle? Okay, Boyle's Law. He's the one who brought up the... Are we not sounding good? Oh, water. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've been fighting a little cold. Everybody look at someone next to you and say, don't watch Pastor drink this. It's the worst thing in the world to drink water in front of everybody. It really is for me. So he he proves gases in chemistry and wrote many sermons, listen, for proving the Christian religion against infidels. This is Robert Boyle. He gave offerings to translate and publish the New Testament and wrote against atheism. I bet you they didn't teach you that in school. Isn't that amazing? He wrote, he, he, he paid money of his money so that the Bible, the New Testament, could be written. How many remember a name called Michael Faraday? He was considered one of the greatest scientists of the 19th century. His work on electricity and magnetism not only revolutionized physics, but of what he discovered led to what most of what we use today in computers, telephones, websites, and everything else. He was a devout member of a Christian church. 18, listen, 18 of the most influential scientists of the last thousand years were devout Christians. Eighteen. Amen? Why am I doing this? I want to lift up your faith. Amen? I want you to remember again that this thing we're believing in is not man-made. It's God-made. Amen? How many believe your fingerprint is God-made this morning? Just like your fingerprint is God-made, God's got His fingerprint all over this. Because this is God's fingerprint. Amen? Amen? You are God's fingerprint. I I heard a man say one time to another, does God exist? Does Satan exist? And one man made this statement. He said, all belief is a cover-up for insecurity. All belief 
is a cover-up for insecurity. So another man heard him say that, and he went to him and he said, <clears throat> do you really believe that? And the guy said, yes, I do. He just walked away. Let me say that again for those that were thinking about lunch already. He said, all belief is a cover-up for insecurity. So the guy asked him, do you really believe that? Yes, I do. See, we say things a lot of times. How many know that to believe that there is no God is to believe in something? You can't get away from it. You can try to write, say the right words and say the right things, but you can't get away with it. Now, one of the greatest now, I'm beginning to like more and more this guy, even though I didn't know him. And, and I want you to know something, too. How many know that just like there's good publicity, there's bad publicity? How many know that not everything you read you can believe? Okay? So sometimes you'll hear something good about somebody. You've got to take the bones, eat the, eat the food and spit out the bones sometimes. And so we don't know everything about everybody's life, but we're talking about what's been published and what's been said. One of the greatest minds, if I were to ask you this morning, if I were to be, be pass the microwave, microphone around, and begin to ask you this morning, whose are some of the greatest minds? I promise you I'd get two names. Go ahead and shout a couple out if you want to. Okay? Einstein and Isaac Newton. Thank you. Amen? So Einstein and Isaac Newton. And Isaac Newton is one of the greatest minds we've ever had. Did you know Isaac Newton was a studier of the Word of God? Amen. And very, very heavily studies, studied sorry, and has some of the greatest and best in times studies of anybody that's ever walked the earth. Amen. He studied the book of Revelation. A lot of the stuff that I talk about at the end times is stuff that he studied because I love to think what this great mind that the world admonishes so much had a mind and a heart to study the book of Revelation. It says that he studied the Bible daily and believed that God created everything. He believed that the Bible was true in every aspect. Through his life, he continually, watch this, tested biblical truth against the physical truths of experimental and theoretical science and never observed a contradiction according to his many biographies. How I many know Newton discovered calculus? Newton discovered the laws of gravity, the first reflecting telescope. He used a prism to demonstrate that a beam of light could contain all the colors of the rainbow. He wrote this, to close off with Sir Isaac Newton, he called atheism senseless. And he made, a part, he made a point to say that this most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel of an intelligent being. All variety of created objects which represent order and life in the universe could only happen by the willful Reasoning of its original creator, whom I call the Lord God. Amen? Amen? How many are glad to know this morning that we're not that group of people who say, oh, those stupid Christians. 
Isaac Newton was a believer. Amen? Amen. So just remember that when you begin to talk to people about your faith and about the Lord. doesn't mean that if Isaac Newton didn't believe in God, I'd believe any less. But I like to know that somebody who had a great mind was able to see past all the studying and have faith. Because how many know there's a lot of people that are so educated, so educated, that they have no common sense? And you can't teach common sense. Amen? And there's, a, there's, a, there's an amazing thing to, to our faith this morning, which is balance, which is always God. That is, I have to have a mind to think and to know and to believe and to study. But then on the other side, I have to have a mind that says, I believe with blind faith. How many know you can have both? You can have a blind faith, but then you can understand that there's God's principles and qualities to back it up this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen? I want to give you just a few more things. If you go to Psalms, I want to read an amazing scripture to you that is one of my favorites in the Bible. How many are still here this morning? I haven't lost you? All right. I want you to go to the book of Psalm. I'm not going to tell you where yet. Just go there. Because I don't want you to be going ahead and reading without listening to a few more stats. I gave some of these stats <clears throat> over two and a half years ago. So it's been a long time that I'm going to give right now. Many of you weren't in the church. Many of you might not have been here. It was a Wednesday night. So I want to give you some stats. From me, if I was to, to make a case this morning... These are some notes I'd use. How many have got somebody you know that you need to go to them with some facts? You need to sit them down and say, let me show you something. Let me show you something scientific. Let me show you something amazing. When you begin to look at creation and all the things that go on in this world, it's, it's beyond our understanding, really, when we look at space. I could have whipped out some stats today from space that really our minds can't even wrap their minds ourselves, themselves around. Do you understand know what I'm saying? You begin to hear numbers about space and the universe and the galaxies and the amount of stars and all that, and your mind just kind of like quits and says, you know what, I'm staying around here in this area. I can't go that far. Okay? So far. And God did that on purpose. He wants us to try to figure them out. But... He did some things in nature that are so amazing that show in the things we see every day that God is a God of order. Amen? I want you to think of some food. I know you're already hungry because you want to go to lunch. But I want to get you thinking about some food this morning. But some of this food I'm going to talk about is not as popular as some others. I'm going to talk about some vegetables. Okay, do I have any people that like carrots in here? All right. Some of y'all raised your hand because you wanted to look good. I like carrots. How many know that carrots, they say, will help your eyesight? Right? Everybody knows that, that they're good for enhancing the blood flow and enhancing the eyes. Okay? But did you know that inside the carrot, I wish I'd have had time to get all this together, but you can visualize it. You look inside of a cut carrot, it looks like an eye. It looks just like an eye inside a carrot. And they're good for your eyes. If you cut open a tomato, 
right down the middle, a tomato has four chambers, just like a heart. And red, and is red, just like a heart. And is made with a word called lysopene, which strengthens the heart. So God made a tomato for the heart that looks like a heart. God made a carrot for the eyes that looks like an eye. Grapes. How many like grapes? When grapes hang in a cluster, they look like a heart. They're absolutely great for blood cells, and they're a vitalizer for the heart. Hopefully this is also going to cause some of you to go eat more vegetables. The walnut. I love nuts. Amen? I'm a nut. But like my dad says, I'm screwed onto the right bolt. Amen. How many like nuts? I like every kind. Almonds, pistachios, sunflower seeds. Amen. All these nuts. Walnuts, when you open them up, look like a brain. Has a left and a right hemisphere. I hope I'm not boring you. This is pretty amazing. A walnut has a left and a right hemisphere inside of it. And has develop, has develop, helps develop sorry, more than three dozen neurotransmitters for your brain when you eat it. Kidney beans. I don't think I need to tell you what that is. Amen? Kidney beans. Heal and maintain exactly what they look like. Your kidney. Celery. Look like bones. You ever thought about that? They look like a bone. Celery. Made for your bones. If you don't have enough calcium in your diet, your, your bones will begin to pull from your body what they need for your calcium. They pull from, sorry, pull from your bones. So you've got to keep calcium in your body. And these... These cells, uh, celery and rhubarb actually replenish the, se- the skeletal structure. Avocados. How many avocado guacamole likers do I have in here? You know, it's, I didn't used to like avocados, but I love them now. There, there was a time when I didn't like them. They are amazing. They taught this, and this, this is one of the most amazing stats. Women, how many, how many mothers do I have in here this morning? Let me tell you an amazing thing about this. The avocado is... Targets and sorry, func- the function and the health of the female cervix. One avocado a week. Oh, oh, oh I feel something on this. Husbands, husbands, go buy some avocados after church. One avocado a week balances hormones. Oh, I can see y'all at the store right now. I can see a line at the store right now. I'm, I can see y'all right now. We got to go to the store, honey. Got to go to the store. And then I'm going to get you in trouble because someday this week you're going to come home with a bag of avocados. And your wife's going to be like, but get them avocados, amen. One avocado a week balances hormones, sheds weight, especially from pregnancy. And watch this. This is amazing. It takes exactly nine months for an avocado to grow. Does that relate to a time frame? Isn't that amazing? This is God's creation. Amen? I've got a couple that are a little bit, I can't, I'm not going to say, because they're kind of beyond that. Yeah, yeah, you said it, okay? Sweet potatoes, amen, we're going to keep this rated G. Sweet potatoes look like the pancreas and actually balance the glycemic index of diabetes. Green olives 
again, are the shape of a woman's ovary and actually assist in the help of them. Onion and garlic. Inside of onions looks like the body cells when you cut it open. And the purpose is to clear waste from body cells. Isn't that amazing? I just grabbed a few of these things just to, to tell you about that, to think about that, that this, we have a God who made fruits and vegetables to look like the thing he made them for. And sometimes we're so busy with life that we don't stop and we have all kinds of ways, not only to witness to people, but I'm telling you this more than anything because I want you to know that the same God who made the universe and the same God who flung the stars into heaven and the same God who said, let there be light, spoke over your life when you're in your mother's womb, formed you in your mother's womb, and loves you this morning. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's look at Psalms 139. Yes, Psalms 139. Let me, let me do this backwards. Don't read it yet. Now that you're there, please. I want to do one more thing and close with this. There's a lot of books being written now. And Jeff, you can go ahead and put that up there. Now in schools and, and uh, just, uh, not schools. They should be written in schools. Authors are coming out now with what's called intelligent design. They don't want to call it Creation but they call it intelligent design. And it comes from a structure and a thread and a method called Fibonacci. And I don't know if I'm saying that right because it sounds like Italian food to me. But it's a theory of numbers that you can see up there. And it, it goes by taking 0 plus 1 equals 1, 1 plus 2 equals 3, 2 plus 3 equals 5, 3 plus 5 equals 8, and it keeps on going up in numbers. And what it does is this has been found to be a cycle of numbers inside of everything that scientists find. Everything. How many know that God wrote a whole book called Numbers? So he knows numbers. He's the greatest calculus ever to live. He is the great designer. Do you think it's an accident? How many know that he could have just made us and made creation and just flung it together however he wanted? But he made it by intelligent design because he knew in the year 2000 we would be sitting here with the availability to have the technology to confirm he's real and that he has left inside of his creation these numbers for us to be able to find that are found in everything. And when those all come together, uh, you see something called the golden ratio. How many remember hearing that up in school recently, if you've been there recently? It's a number that's 1.618. And without going into this for a lot of time, the golden ratio is something that when you take these numbers together of everything and there's a system to it, it comes, always comes out to this golden ratio of 1.618. What is that? Thank you. Yes. Throw it. Oh, that was a bad throw, Dylan. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Ricola. Y'all with me? Can I finish? All right. The galaxies in the sky are spirals of these numbers. 
Science used these numbers to get the golden ratio that works in the human body. They even see it in the DNA in our bodies. Fibonacci and the golden ratio has been consistent, watch this, in the heart muscles, the bronchial tube branches, the electro, electronic neurons for the brain, and the brain's microtubules. On average, a person has a golden ratio flowing through the mainstream of their body even because from the floor to your navel would be 1.618 to 1 over the distance from the navel to the head. Even our bodies are that golden ratio. In 2010, oh, the front tooth is 1.618 bigger than the next tooth over. In 2010, two of the most prestigious science magazines, Nature and other one called Science, stated irrevocable proof. This is not people who are Christians. This is nature and science. Stated irrevocable proof of intelligent design or what we call creation. Amen? Y'all still here? This is good stuff. So I want to close in Psalms 139 with an awesome scripture. You guys are already there. Let me get there real quick. Before I read it, think one more time. You can take that off. Everybody's getting a headache. Some of y'all look like a cow staring at a new gate. How do I get through this? Trust me, I don't understand either. I just know it's real. All right? I want you to think of that video we saw in the beginning, the stars, the universe, all these amazing things. A river, an ocean, mountains, creation, just all the things you can think of and how amazing that is and how far away it is from our minds. Sometimes we think God is so far away, right? But that same God, the same God who did all that loves you. The same God who created all that stepped out of that to come to this earth. And not only did he just come to this earth, he came and was born in a stable. What a God. He came to the lowest of the lowest place. He came from the very highest to the very lowest. We've talked about this before. It's why the Jewish people missed him. They thought there's no way God would come down into some manger. They were expecting him in some palace, some amazing building, some high tower hotel. But he came down to the very lowest place you could possibly be around cows and horses in a stable and was born of a nobody, conceived of the Holy Spirit, the same God. Are y'all connecting the dots? The same God. The same God that did all that loves you. And watch, watch this. Watch how much he loves you. Psalms 139, verse 13. And I want you to read this, and I don't want you to think about anybody else. I want you to think about yourself. As I read this, I want you to, I want you to act like this is God talking to you. And I'm actually going to change the wording. I'm not changing the scriptures, but I want it to be personal for you. For I, for I formed you and your inward parts. 
I covered you in your mother's womb. You will praise me because I'm fearfully, sorry, because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know my works are marvelous. That your soul knows very well. Your frame was not hidden from me when I made you in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them, watch this, how precious are my thoughts towards you. How great is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more than the number with the sand. And then David says, when I awake, I am still with you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that intimate? That in your mother's womb, it says he formed you in the darkness. He formed you out of nothing. And he, and he came down, and you are, you are not an accident. You are personally, perfectly made. And you need to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and the musicians can come this morning, you need to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am God's awesome creation. However I look, however I am, I am God's fingerprint this morning. I am who God made me to be this morning. I am special. Amen? And God has a plan for every one of our lives. I cannot, in my words, express God would do such a better job than me. I wish he could do this for me, but I'm his messenger, unfortunately, and I have to do it. But I hope by seeing the video, I hope by listening to some of those things about the fruits and the vegetables, hearing about those scientists that you say, wow, the same God, the same God that built this whole thing loves me and wants to spend time with me. It'd be like this morning, and I'm not going to name a name because it doesn't matter, a celebrity, an athlete, every one of us have somebody we really look up to or we really admire. Or we say, I'd love to meet that person. Let's say it was a president. Let's say it was an actress. Let's say it was a, a, a famous whatever. And you'd just be like, man, I'd love to just meet that person and ask them how they're so great at what they do. And it'd be like this morning if that person walked into this church and all of us were here and we're all saying, oh, there he is, there she is. And that person walks past everybody else right to you and says, are you busy? And you're looking around and you're thinking, you can't be talking to me. You, me? Yeah, you. Are you busy? No. Let's go get some coffee and grab your hand and take you out of here. Leave everybody else here. But on an individual basis, that's what it'd be like. God wants to walk into your life this morning and he wants to spend time with you, with you. And the amazing thing is that he's God and he's omnipresent so he can be everywhere. He can do that with every one of us this morning. He can take us aside. We can talk to him. That song says, who am I? that you are mindful of me. Who am I that you are mindful of me? He says you are perfectly and wonderfully made this morning. Amen.